This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. I don't sing, I don't dance, you won't track here anymore. On a Saturday afternoon, Michael, 36, Bradley, 33, and Amber, 30, sit in a theatre at the Metrograph, in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, waiting for a film to begin. Bradley is glued to his cellular telephone. Are you going to put that away before the movie comes on? Yeah, I don't think he heard you. Brad? Brad? Jesus, what are you doing? That girl I work with slid into my DMs after I tweeted that we were going to be here. Why didn't she just text you? Because she's young. Young people don't text anymore. They just talk all through social media now. Or because she doesn't have my phone number, but she does follow Burger one time on Twitter. Well, I'm glad that you finally made a friend at work. Yeah, he's trying to sleep with her. I'm not trying to sleep with her. I told Mike she was cute one time. Good. You shouldn't sleep with people at work. You don't want to get a reputation. That's much better than his current reputation. Right now he's just the jerk of the office. They don't <laughs> think I'm a jerk. I'm just at a level where I'm like five years older than everybody else because I have no experience in this field. And I'm like the only dude in the office. It's really hard to integrate. Wow, that sucks. See, I'm having the exact opposite experience in my new job. Everyone is super awesome. And everyone would be awesome to Brad, too, if he was a pretty girl. (laughs) I'd love it when you laugh at my jokes. Sorry, I wasn't laughing at your joke. Nicole just tagged me in a funny comment on Instagram. Bradley shows Amber and Michael his cellular telephone screen, displaying an Instagram photo of a man eating popcorn and holding his stomach. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, it's an inside joke. So this girl doesn't have your number, but she's messaging you on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Okay, so you might not be trying to sleep with her, but she is 100% trying to sleep with you. I mean, I'm not mad at that. Okay, that's all great, but I just want to be 100% clear on this. You're going to put your phone yeah, away yeah. in the Don't worry, don't worry. Speaking of the movie, I'm really confused. I thought they only showed old movies here. They do. Okay, but this is the skin movie that's based on a Netflix show, which means it has to be new. Yeah, this actually isn't based on the Netflix shows. came out in 95, like right after the skin debuted in the comics. Yeah, I don't remember that. Well, of course not, because you were like a fetus then. Yeah, but I remember seeing Batman movies in the theater. I've never even heard of this. Like I said, this didn't come out in theaters. It came out on NBC. It was like a movie of the week. NBC was just trying to cash in on the superhero fad, so they picked out a random comic book character and made a movie about him. The Netflix show is actually the only good story that's ever been made about this kid. Great. So this is going to be painful. Right. Hey, do you guys remember when MacGyvering was a thing? Like, you could MacGyver something? Like, now we say life hacks, but do you guys remember that? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Why did you just say that? Because I just did the math in my head, and this movie's like 22 years old, right? So I remember when this movie came out, and you just, you didn't, and then I'm looking around, and all these people look young, and I just remember saying MacGyvering, and now people say life hacks, and every time I hear life hacks, it just, it makes me feel old. I just, I want to say MacGyvering and have people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that doesn't make you old. I went out with a 42-year-old guy yesterday. Shh. Suzanne, 26, sitting three rows behind Michael, Bradley, and Amber is in no mood for talkative theatre-goers. She is a hairstylist at a salon in Brooklyn Heights that specialises in serving women with curly hair. Suzanne's blonde curls make her aptly suited to her role. She sits with Carla, 26, with whom she attended high school in North Carolina. Carla is also a hairstylist, but at a more well-known salon that takes on a broader clientele. Suzanne and Carla rarely leave Brooklyn on the weekends. 
But for Skin's popularity on Netflix, has recently made the screening of the character's little-known 1995 small-screen debut a hot ticket item. Susie, ah, so embarrassing! Don't shush people. I can't deal with people talking in a theater, and that asshole has been on his phone the whole time. He better knock that off too. The movie hasn't even started yet. So, if they're talking that loudly now, what makes you think they'll stop when the movie starts? Besides, I want to do the trivia slides, and their talking is distracting. Ugh, I wish all theaters still had trivia slides before the movie. Now it's all commercials for real estate agents and for diners that aren't even diners. Oh, speaking of real estate, I think Henry is going to ask me to move in with him. Are you serious? Yep. Oh, that's uh, cool. Carla quickly darts her eyes away from Suzanne, down towards her oversized soft drink. What? You think it's a bad idea? I don't know. I mean, you like hated him like six months ago. I knew you'd bring that up. Yeah, when we were together last time, he broke my heart. But since then, I've been like a savage. A savage? Yeah, like a man-eating savage. Since then, I just gobble up men, and once they fall in love with me, I'm like, oh, I'm not interested. That's just being a human being.、Um, are you and Henry even exclusive? It's not like I don't think I want to be in love right now. Like I don't want a relationship. I'm 26. I'm not trying to start a family. You didn't answer any of my questions. The lights in the theater begin to dim. Shh, shh, shh. We'll talk after the movie. Ah,、oh, stop shushing me. After the film, Suzanne and Carla continue their conversation on the F train as they return to Brooklyn. So, can we talk about this whole you moving in with Henry thing? I really didn't even realize he was even your boyfriend. He's not. But we've been spending like every other night together, and it's really great. We're back to doing our little games at restaurants where we're like super sassy with each other and pretend fight in front of servers to make them feel uncomfortable. I live for it. I'm happy with the way things are, but I'm just getting a vibe from him like he wants to make that permanent. And you're okay with that after what happened last time? Yeah, it's totally different now. So like, okay, we're not technically exclusive, right? So the other night we're in bed and we're starting to get frisky and it's starting to get heated. And he goes, "Susie, I need to talk to you about something." He goes, "We never use condoms, and I know you're seeing other people, blah blah blah. Would you put my health at risk?" Well, I mean, it's smart of him to ask you that. But yeah, I mean, the way he said it, it seems clear to me that he's not seeing anyone else, and he's worried about the fact that I am. Oh, that just might be his sneaky way of starting the conversation about exclusivity. Next thing you know, he's going to say,、uh, "Maybe we should stop sleeping with other people just to make sure we're healthy," you know, so he doesn't have to go out on a limb emotionally. Ah,、uh, that's not really like him. He's an emotional guy. Like we didn't even end up having sex after the last convo because the conversation ruined the mood. Still seems a little fast to move in. He lives in Bushwick. Yeah. So it would take you forever to get to work. If I move in with him, I'll probably have to get a bike anyway. He's crazy about riding his bike. It's faster by bike than by subway. Besides, I didn't say I'm definitely going to do it. I just think he's going to ask me. It feels like the trajectory we're on. But the rent would only be like eight eighty a month. When are you seeing him again? Depending on where we end up going out tonight, I'll probably head over there late night. In truth, it would be irrelevant where Suzanne and Carla ended up going out that night, because irrespective of the night's events, Suzanne has her heart set on seeing Henry after the bars close. Henry, twenty-nine, a certified public accountant. Grew up nearby in Williamsburg, but has lived in his current studio apartment for many years. 
he pulls up to his apartment on his bicycle at 2.30 a.m., just as Suzanne arrives. Perfect timing. I was just about to text you. Henry smiles as he approaches Suzanne. He hugs her tightly, then gives her a warm, tender kiss. He takes his bicycle with him as they walk into the building and ride the elevator up to his third-floor apartment. How was your night? It was fun. Carla wanted to go to PS1, but I didn't really feel like going all the way out to Queens. She was kind of being bratty and insisted, but then I got a Facebook notification about a silent disco in bed and we went to that. Oh, very nice. I live for a good dance party. What did you do? I met Chris and Tom and Tommy at Bowlmore. Uh, there was a Zeppelin tribute band playing. The show was kind of nuts. I hope you didn't drink a lot. I don't like when you bike drunk. Not too much. Henry and Suzanne enter Henry's studio apartment. Henry lifts his bicycle over his head and hangs its tires on two strategically placed hooks that are dangling from the ceiling. He unpacks his belongings and removes his denim jeans in favour of a pair of worn-in sweatpants. He and Suzanne lie together on the floor, as they have done many times before. Suzanne rests her head on Henry's thigh. As she rotates her head to gaze at Henry adoringly, she notices for the first time another bike resting against the wall underneath a bicycle hanging on the hooks. When did you get a second bike? Oh, that? That's been there for... I got that about a week and a half ago. I was just telling Carla that you were going to start making me bike with you. <laughs> I would definitely like you to bike with me, but I don't know if this bike would be good for that. It's a fixed speed, so there aren't any brakes. We might have to get you something more for beginners. Excuse me, I know how to ride a bike. But yeah, no brakes sounds scary. Wait, why did you get another bike? I just love bikes. I've always wanted a fixed speed, and now I have one. Suzanne laughs. She and Henry begin to undress when a loud knock rings out throughout the apartment. What the hell was that? Probably just some drunk asshole. Henry, let me in. Oh my god, not again. Not again? Henry, what the fuck? Shh, just be quiet and she'll go away. Don't shush me, who is that? I know you have another bitch in there. It's a girl I made out with a couple of weeks ago. She got really attached and now she's been coming around looking for me. A couple weeks ago? I have no words. If we're quiet, she'll think I'm not home and go away. Five minutes pass, but the knocking and the screaming persist. I know you have a naked bitch in your bed. Okay, you need to deal with this. I'm not hanging out here all night with some psycho screaming at your door. She's going to go insane if she sees you. Oh, I'll have no part of this. I'm going to go camp out in the bathroom while you get rid of her. And then I'm leaving. Suzanne walks into the lavatory and shuts the door. On the other side of the L-shaped studio apartment, Henry opens his front door and sees Gaia, 21. Gaia is a fine arts student at the Pratt Institute. You think you can ghost me and keep all my shit? It's not like that. I've just been really busy. Gaia tries to shove her way into Henry's apartment, but Henry stands firm. Fuck you, Henry. What about my Chromecast? What are you talking about? The Chromecast is mine. Just because we used it at your place for the last six months doesn't make it yours. Will you keep your voice down, please? What are you worried? The bitch you have hiding in here will hear me? There's nobody here, but my neighbors are going to lose it. Gaia slaps Henry across the face. <laughs> what the hell? Let me in there. I want my things. You are not coming in here. Please step away from the door. Please step away from the door. I'm not going anywhere. Then I'm calling the police. Go ahead. 
Henry pulls his cellular telephone from his pocket and calls 911 emergency services. He looks Gaia in her eyes as he speaks to the dispatcher. Hi. I'd like to report a woman harassing me at my home. Yes, she is standing outside my apartment door and won't leave me alone. She's also screaming, which is disturbing all of my neighbors and myself. Honestly, I'm not sure if I'm in danger. It's 21520 Central Avenue. We're on the fourth floor. Thank you. Surprised you didn't tell them I slapped you. Gaia, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I just want you to leave. After a silent, tense, 10-minute standoff between Henry and Gaia, two police officers arrive. Garflet, 38, and Edwin, 30, press the buzzer to Henry's apartment building. The very moment that Henry presses the button to let them in, Gaia begins to cry. Great. Put on the waterworks for the cops. Garflet and Edwin exit the elevator and approach Gaia and Henry. Is everything all right over here? She started banging on my door about 20 minutes ago, screaming for me to let her in. It's 3 a.m. This is unacceptable. She did the same thing a few days ago. Sir, I'm going to need you to step back. Henry takes two steps back into his apartment. Ma'am, is everything okay? He has a ton of my things in there and I want it back. Did you take something from this woman? No! She left a few things in my apartment last week. She's welcome to have them back, but I just don't want her coming in. Is that true, ma'am? He has my Chromecast. Garflet and Edwin stare at Henry and Gaia for a moment. Please stay right here for a moment. The two police officers walk a few steps away and speak quietly to each other. Moments later, they return. Sir, we would like it if you would allow her to come inside and gather her things. We'll stay out here. For a moment, Henry considers allowing Gaia inside, confident that she won't cause undue problems as police officers stand just outside. Then he remembers that Suzanne is in his lavatory, waiting for this ordeal to end. I really don't want her coming in my apartment. She's hysterical and I think she'll break things. Clearly it's best that she get her things now while we're here, rather than come back later when we're not. What if you all wait here and I'll bring out her things? Is it okay if he brings out your belongings? Yes, if he brings out everything, I don't ever want to come back here. Henry nods and walks into his apartment. He rounds the corner and notices Suzanne peeking her head out of a lavatory door. With an incredulous look on her face, she whispers, This has gone totally off the rails. I'm sorry, it's almost over. Henry gathers Gaia's Chromecast, a Bluetooth speaker, three vinyl records, a copy of a James K. Morrow novel, Towing Jehovah, a beach towel, and a water-repellent picnic blanket. You said you made out with her a week ago? I've seen some of those things here for months. I'm sorry. Henry rounds the corner and hands the items to Gaia. Is that everything? No, that's not everything. I needed both hands for it. Hold on, I'll go get it. Henry walks back into his apartment and carries the fixed speed bicycle back towards the front door. Suzanne rolls her eyes. Hey, asshole! I'd never said we were exclusive! Too Old to Date was created by Brad Garoon and Mike Tanzillo. This episode was written by Brad and Mike. Additional voices this episode provided by Chelsea Townsend, Emily Cratter, Samantha Shane, Zachary Gamble, Amina McCullough, Rick Rosenbluth, and Matt Hornback. Our theme music is Loveless by Go Go Ghost. Creep on us on social media at Too Old To Date. Contact us at info at tooldtodate.com. For more information, visit tooldtodate.com.
And while you're there, please consider leaving a donation. It will help us make more shows and pay for more dates. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.